Welcome back to the Conquest Trader Podcast, guys. In this episode today, I wanted to talk to you about my views on friendships and relationships that have served me over the last three years. Now, these are the views I adopted, and they helped my journey as a trader going from zero to over half a million dollars a year. Now, one of the things that I decided to do over the last three years is to actually decrease the number of close friends and relationships that I have, and I want to explain the decision-making process around this. Because as we're going to 2024, at least we're going to 2024 at the time of recording this, I thought it would be relatively timely to make this episode because a lot of you guys are going to have ambitious resolutions for the new year, whether it be to make more money through trading, whether it be to get a new job, whether it be to lose weight, gain muscle, whatever it is, the ambitions you're going to be chasing are going to be far easier to achieve if you have quality support from those around you. And I want to break down how to actually go about sifting through your current relationships to identify who actually provides quality support and who doesn't and deciding whether or not you want to keep those who actually don't. But at the end of the day, it really doesn't matter what time of year you're going to be listening to this because this is really going to be an episode about how to navigate our past and how to use our past to walk with strength and conviction into a future that we personally choose to create for ourselves. Now, Personally, I have a fundamental belief that in order for myself to achieve something, I have to become the type of person that can achieve that specific goal. I think a lot of the time that means shedding an old identity and adopting a new identity that is backed by beliefs and actions that align with my goal. If I want to become a successful trader, it's probably going to be a good idea to start thinking and acting like a successful trader would. That can mean a lot of things. It can mean anywhere from building habits to take better care of my body. It can mean sleeping on time so that I'm sharp to trade in the morning. And it can be more abstract things like developing confidence in myself so that I'm able to keep my emotions in check while trading. But in order to adopt that new identity, you're going to have to let go of that previous identity. You cannot have this duality. It becomes too much of a burden. Now, unfortunately, letting go of your previous identity can be a hard thing to do when you still have people in your life treating you like the person you once were instead of treating you like the person you are now. And it can be especially difficult to develop a new identity when our parents, friends, and partners, the people that are closest to us, are constantly communicating with us in a way that doesn't support our own initiatives. I think that words in general can be incredibly powerful because they are the closest thing to communicating our own internal thoughts and conveying that into the outside world. I think that because words are so powerful, the stories that we choose to tell about ourselves and the stories that are told to about ourselves by others have the potential to influence our own identities and our own beliefs about ourselves and what we're actually capable of. Meaning that it's important to be able to understand that just because some, someone says something about you doesn't mean it's necessarily true and that you don't have to become paranoid about it. And even more importantly, it's you have to be able to learn how to unspeak the things that were spoken over you as you might have grown up as a child, as you might have come up throughout adolescence or as a young adult or just throughout life in general. I think it's important to recognize the power of words and how they can actually affect our own view of our own personal identities and our own beliefs and learn how to break free from those previously held beliefs that might be limiting our own potential. Now, in order to do that, we have to learn to shed the identity that was cultivated by those in your life who might not understand the path you're trying to take 
in terms of pursuing a trader's career. You know, they might think that they that, that trading is just uh, pure gambling. They might not understand what you're trying to do. They might think that it's it's stupid, or you know, they might just not believe in what actually is possible with things like trading or starting your own business or really just doing what you want to do. And with that said, there might even be those who might mean well, but they don't quite understand what you're trying to do. And they will inevitably speak things over you that are going to be counterproductive to your progress towards a new identity and your progress in achieving your goals. You know, oftentimes this, this is stuff like family. And, you know, we'll definitely talk about more of this later, but it, it can be tough to have the people who are the closest in your life inadvertently giving you bad feedback on your goals even if they might mean well from it because at the end of the day i think that a lot of people even those who have you know quote your your best interest in mind have this version of you in their head that is going to either one best serve their interests or it's going to be the best version of you that fits their current worldview of what's actually possible. And that can often be very limiting. And so it's important to not take other people's advice who aren't where you are, where you want to be in life. One thing I've learned very early on is that I don't take other people's advice if they have not achieved what I'm looking to achieve. I feel like that is just something that's incredibly obvious and something that's served me very, very well throughout the last couple of years. And that why would I take financial advice from the guy who is, you know, $60,000 in debt? Why would I take health advice from someone who is severely overweight? It doesn't, doesn't click with me. And same thing with, you know, people that you might have quote, close relationships with just because they're, you know, they've been around you for a while just because you've been friends since middle school might, might not necessarily mean that their advice on whether or not you should start trading or whether or not you should start lifting weights or whatever should be taken, right? They, they're probably not an expert on that stuff. Same thing with family members, just because you're blood related doesn't, and they might mean well, doesn't mean they know what's best at the end of the day. I think fundamentally, it's on us to believe in ourselves and to create the conditions that are going to be conducive to the goals that we have in our lives. And it's our job to create an environment around us that makes the path to our goals as frictionless as possible. Now, throughout this episode, I have a couple goals in mind. The first is that I want to break down how I develop relationships that don't add friction to my environment. I also want to explain how by teaching others how I like to be spoken to, I was able to develop relationships that one, respected my goals and supported my journey towards adopting new skills, and two, supported my effort in creating this new identity of specifically me becoming a successful trader. That was a hard thing for me to actually convince people of because trading, as you guys are probably aware, has this notorious... has this notorious, how should I put this? It has a bad rep recently. And a lot of people who don't understand it, they see it as gambling. And a lot of people who do understand it, you know, they just 
hear random statistics that they hear and they just, you know, don't take it with a grain of salt. They don't do their own research and they just like take things at face value. And again, at the end of the day, they just don't really understand what it's like. Now, with the stuff that I'm about to say, I want to preface it with that this is what's worked for me. There's probably going to be some things that I say that are going to be a little bit controversial, you know, but these are the things that have absolutely been key to my continuous growth and success. And so I thought I'd share it with you guys because I would very much like to see your own success. Now, when it comes to relationships in general, whether it be friendships, family, romantic partners, my foundation is always going to be based on logic. I think that's incredibly important. If you base your core relationships on emotions, emotions are something that are fundamentally just chemicals in your brain and they go in and out. They are fleeting. If you take a look at people who get into relationships and in the beginning, it might be really great, might be very passionate, you know, they get through that honeymoon phase and all of a sudden, all those passions dissipate and all of a sudden they're left questioning like why they're even with that person in the first place. They have nothing in common. That's why you don't want to build relationships off emotions. Emotions are incredibly sporadic. For me, I prefer to build relationships off of logic, whether it be friendships, family, and especially romantic partners so that especially with romantic partners, if the emotions subside, and at a certain point they will, you know, passions have been flow. It's just a part of being in a relationship. I'm left with a good and strong foundation of logical reasoning of why I'm with that person. It makes sense. You know, we have things in common. We support each other, all that stuff. That's why I want to build relationships off of emotions. And Oftentimes, the number one question I ask for myself when it comes to any relationship in my life is, does this relationship make sense? And do both individuals get something out of it, right? I don't want it to be a thing where, you know, I'm getting the short end of the stick or they're getting the short end of the stick because that can lead to resentment. And I want to talk about that later on. I want it to be equal. My approach to emotion, to, to relationships is very much reciprocal. I don't believe in conditional loyalty or unconditional love or unconditional respect. All of those things are not assumed to me. These things are earned and then they are nurtured through the words and more importantly, the actions of the people in a relationship. Now, another integral belief that I have about relationships is that I don't see them as binary. I view relationships, especially friendships, as on a spectrum in that it's not a matter of being friends versus not being friends. It's about the degree or level of friendship that we have. Now, I can have close friends. I can have superficial friends. And it's on that spectrum that we find the friends that, you know, you could trust them with your life. And you can find the friends who might just be there for the moment, might be there for the event. And, you know, they might not be there in the long term. Now... One thing I want to make clear is that my level of interaction with someone, meaning the amount of time I spend with someone, has surprisingly not a heavy correlation with my level of friendship with that person. For example, some of my best friends are people who I only speak to every few months. Yet our interactions, when they do happen, are incredibly uplifting and supportive. 
On the opposite end of the spectrum, I've had superficial friendships that I'd interacted with on a regular basis, almost every single day for hours at a time. But, you know, as soon as shit would hit the fan, those friends would disappear and I'd be left without any help. I think that comparison is something that's incredibly important for people to realize and to recognize because there's a lot of criteria that go into, you know, what makes a good friend and all that stuff. And I'm talking about all this because I think it's important to understand how relationships work before attempting to put time and energy into improving them. By understanding the nature of the relationships that you have, you might come to the realization that some of your relationships with friends, family, or even your partners might not even be worth the effort and are actually hindering your growth as an individual. But more importantly, by understanding the relationships you have now, you can begin to identify those few individuals who truly support you and your goals, not just through words, but through their actions. And I think that's what really stands out to me. Because I've had those superficial friends that, you know, they called me, they called me brother, they called me all that stuff, you know, best friends, you know, uh, core group, whatever. But their actions didn't represent that. And personally, I've learned to define friendship through a process called inversion thinking, which was, I learned from Charlie Munger, if you guys don't know about him, he was, he's Warren Buffett's. Um, business partner at Berkshire Hathaway, absolutely brilliant guy. He recently passed away like a month before turning 100 years old, incredibly successful, brilliant thinker, truly just a philosopher. And the process of inversion thinking involves taking something and defining it based on its polar opposite. For example, if I consider, if I want to define friendship, I will first Think of what is the opposite of a friend. And to me, that's an enemy. And I define an enemy as someone who doesn't support my success, someone who attempts to hinder my efforts, someone who distracts me from my goals, and someone who encourages me to make decisions based off of my emotions instead of my logic and reason. Now, some of your friends right now, if you're listening to this, some of those people in your life might even fit this description. Because I know some of my past friendships did. And I've had people blatantly lie to my face for years on end to try to undermine my own progress in life, whether it be my own personal goals or whether it be my own uh, pursuits, you know, romantically and all that stuff. Now, I understand that people make mistakes because I make mistakes too all the time, whether it's a result of my lack of communication, my arrogance, or anything else I need to work on in life. I understand that mistakes happen. And so I don't think much of it when they do happen so long as, you know, over time, everyone learns from it. But the one thing I have zero tolerance for in any of my relationships is resentment. I will always want the best for those people I choose to include in my life. And I want them to achieve their goals. I want them to pursue and achieve what they want because I view relationships as reciprocal and I would expect them to want the same for me. You know, I want to carry my end of the deal and I would expect them to carry their end as well. If someone resents my goals and victories, they should not be in my life. It's as simple as that. If you are someone who resents my, my, my accomplishments, if you aren't happy for me when I achieve my goals, why are you even in my life? Think about it logically. If someone in your life becomes upset 
when you are happy, what good is the relationship to either of you? It's a relationship that does not give you any support. It's a relationship that isn't going to last because inevitably, as you become successful, they are going to become more upset. And you're going to become successful without their support. So what's the point? Why are they sticking around? To me, the only reason a person with resentment would stick around is because they hope my success will benefit them in some way. Now, that benefit can come in all sorts of different ways. You know, I, I'm not entirely sure what that might be. Maybe in the future, they hope that I will pass on my skills to them, you know, without anything in return. Or maybe it's just, you know, by being around me, they'll, they'll like the status or whatever, just by association. I don't care what the benefit might be, but realistically, that's the only thing that I can really think of, of why someone with resentment would stick around. Now, with that said, I can actually think of another reason. Because despite them having that resentment and potentially only sticking around because they want to benefit from my success in some way, resentment leads to negative feelings. And as a result of those negative feelings those people will begin to actively start to undermine your progress. And they will start to attempt to drag you back down to their level to make themselves feel better. And so it's this thing where neither person is being helped. You know, even if that person who resents you is sticking around to see some benefit from you in some way, like there's some sort of leech or something like that, they're still actively trying to undermine your progress because they can't handle their own emotions and they're just trying to pull you down to their level just to make themselves feel better. Now, I have a lot of patience for mistakes. Even if someone breaks my trust, that's something that I'm willing to work through. You know, there's that saying where trust takes minutes to form, seconds to break, years to repair. And so to me, even if you break my trust, it's potentially repairable if you're willing to work at it. But the one thing I have zero tolerance for is resentment. If a friend, relative, or partner resents me, they are no longer entitled to a place in my life in any meaningful way. When it comes to resentment, there are no second chances. Because why are you there? Now, besides a complete lack of resentment, if there were one thing I would require from all of my relationships, it would probably be unwavering support. And I want to be clear when I say this, that I'm not looking for a bunch of cheerleaders and yes men to just constantly tell me how great I am. In fact, I often want the exact opposite from my friends. I want to be able to trust that my friends have my best interests in mind and that they want to achieve my goals. They want to see me achieve my goals so much that they are willing to have awkward conversations with me, call me out on my bullshit, and help me with constructive criticism. Okay, so we've now defined what I personally look for in relationships. I know that if a relationship isn't helping me reach my goals, I have to decide whether that relationship is more important than my goals. Which, by the way, 
I want you to know that it's completely fine, it's completely acceptable to choose existing friends over your goals. Just understand that if you choose your friends over your goals, it is no longer fair for you to resent them in the future if you regret not achieving what you wanted to achieve. You made that choice, so be aware of that. Over the last year, I've made my goal of educating traders and growing my company my number one priority, and in that sense, it takes precedence over everything else in my day-to-day life. Now, these might these views might be a little extreme because my goal is unconventional, and it's something that's required me to switch from a routine of only working an hour a day from trading to now working 12 hours a day in order to build out this company. But it's what I want to do with my free time. I enjoy it. I would not want to do anything else. I've tried just lounging around. I get depressed. I want to build out this company. I have a lot of fun with it. Now, I'm actively choosing to allocate most of my time to building my business. And because of this, I only have time to nurture my most important relationships. My goals require me to have a very little amount of bandwidth for anyone in my life who does not support my vision. And at the end of the day, I'm okay with that. That's a very easy sacrifice for me to make. Now, if you are someone who currently has a lot of time on your hands and you don't constantly have people vying for your attention, my perspective might not resonate with you. But for those of you facing constant demands on your time, whether it's from family, friends, or partners, I think it's essential to determine whether these individuals are going to be rooting for you and adding to your motivation and adding to your attention towards your goals, or they're going to be draining your energy and keeping you from actually achieving what you want to achieve. Now, what's interesting is that there might be people in your life who genuinely do want to root for you, but through their words and actions are inadvertently draining your energy. And for me, this would often happen with family members that I hadn't seen in a while. I would go to see them and, you know, it would be after, you know, one or two years of working on myself and the difference in who they expected to meet versus who stood in front of them was honestly difficult for them to come to terms with. A lot of the people in my life, especially family members, have not changed since I last saw them. And they're the types of people who don't really have a genuine interest in actually growing as individuals, and they've instead settled for living the same year over and over again. Now, I think that the process of them recognizing the disparity between the two of us and my level of change, or you know what I like to call growth, is something that can be jarring. And so understandably, I get it, they want to gravitate towards the familiar and what's comfortable, and they try to treat me like the person I was then and not who I am now. As a result of them treating me like the person I was, they will begin to speak things over me, vocalizing their perception of who I once was, and what they say might not align with who I am now, and it actually might be counterproductive to the growth that I'm actually trying to cultivate for myself. Now, since I view the words that myself and others speak as being so powerful, I am very, very quick to stop things from actually continuing. I am very quick to stop people from speaking things over me that my current actions no longer represent, right? I am a different person. I act a different way. Maybe what they're saying in the past, maybe like three years ago, it might have been true. It's not true now. And the way I approach it, you know, 
the abrupt and straightforward approach I take can often make people really uncomfortable. And it can even come off as aggressive at times. But I consciously and actively choose to speak that way because it's important for me to have them truly understand that I don't want to be treated that way anymore. I don't want it to be like, oh, haha, yeah, like, you know, I don't really do that anymore. It's like, you know, let's not talk. Like, I don't want it to joke about it. I just want it to be just very cut, one sentence, hey, I don't like to be treated like that anymore. That's not me. Be done with it. I don't want to have to deal with the constant and incessant misalignment between the words I hear about myself and what my actions represent who I am. I think that if you do not meet these things head on, it'll be a never-ending fight. Because the types of people in your life that want you to be treated like you were before so that it's more comfortable for them. These types of people are going to continue going on and on and on because they're constantly going to try to put you back in a box that makes sense to them. Now, if they care about our relationship you know, they'll get over the awkward moment and they'll begin treating me how I want to be treated. It's a very small change in behavior. It's not much to ask. But if I educate them on how I'd like to be spoken to going forward and they don't change, then to me, their actions simply tell me that our relationship simply isn't valuable enough for them to actually go ahead and make a small tweak in their behavior. And honestly, that's okay. I'm completely fine with it. It's a little disappointing because I thought our relationship was a little more valuable than that. It was a little more valuable than the minimal amount of effort needed. But, you know, at the end of the day, it's okay. They have their decision. I have mine. And it really just means that on my end, I'm going to reevaluate their, posi their position on my spectrum of relationships. If they clearly don't value our relationship enough to make a small effort, why would I continue to treat the relationship as if it's more valuable than it actually is? I want to build an environment that's conducive to the growth I need to go through in order to achieve my goals, and, and I encourage you to do the same. I think when it really comes down to it, you need a frictionless environment. I don't want an environment that constantly tries to define me despite my actions and my own results. I'm a big believer in just focusing on the evidence. And it's tough to do that when you have people who, you know, you might care about their opinion, constantly reminding you of who you once were, the person you're trying to get away from. I think a lot of people need to realize that if you want to be successful in anything in your life, you're going to have to learn how to cultivate the right kinds of relationships that can actually provide the support you want. Surround yourself with people who provide genuine support, that offer constructive criticism, and that actually respect your ambition and your choices, who aren't threatened by it. As you progress, whether it be through trading, whether it be through you know, your goals in the gym, in business, in your career, whatever it is, as you progress, your circle of friends will naturally evolve, and that's okay. I highly recommend that you embrace the growth and embrace the change. Don't become stagnant just because the person you've been hanging out with has been your, quote, you know, friend since middle school.
If they start to resent you because you are growing and they're staying stagnant, leave them. They don't need to be there. It's only going to cause problems for you. It's only going to limit you. People will want to meet you in the context that they knew you in. They will want to hold on to that past identity and they will try to put you in a box. And you cannot let that happen. The reality is, at some point in your life, you have to be unapologetically, unrelentingly intolerant of the things that are holding you back. Remember that it's your journey. And prioritizing your goals isn't selfish, it's self-respect. But with that said, guys, that's all I have for you today. Remember that putting yourself first and your goals first, don't let anyone call you selfish for that. It's holding yourself accountable and keeping a standard for yourself. It's self-respect. I think this is something that a lot of people who want to become great at something have to understand. Otherwise, they're always going to be limited in some way.